thank you for connecting to the media product of LifeGate Church. Pastor Brian Gallardo prays as this product goes out into the nations, that it empowers your faith, stirs your spirit, and pushes you towards your God-given destiny. For more information, please go to www.lifegatekc.org. There are two men in the Bible I want to teach you about really quickly. There's a rich man and there's a reaching man. And there's this rich man who is found in Luke chapter 16, and there is a reaching man found in Matthew chapter 14. And the rich man, he had everything money can buy. Like he had more money than Nicki Minaj and P. Diddy put together. He was loaded. He, he, the Bible said that he wore the best of the best. He ate the best of the best, wore the best of the best, lived the best of the best, drove the best of the best. Patrick Mahomes has nothing on this guy. He was loaded rich. He lived a life of chasing women, fast money. He lived a life that culture would encourage him to live. He followed his own craving and followed his own lusts and followed his own desires. And no matter how much he ate, no matter how much he drank, no matter how high his body count was or what he snorted up his nose, at the end of the day, he was completely empty. The sin only lasted for a season. The fun was only temporary for a moment. And at the end of the day, he went to sleep and was isolated, alone, suicidal, anxious, depressed, and miserable. And the Bible said that this rich man died. Look at your neighbor and say he died. See, that's what you don't want to think about because you're a teenager. You think you're going to live forever. But the fact of the matter is you're going to be here today and gone tomorrow. You could get in a tragic accident on the way home, God forbid, and you could enter into eternity. And this rich man, this is my beautiful wife, by the way, this rich man, he dies, and the Bible says he ends up in hell. This is found in the Gospel of Luke. And there was no hope for this guy. He was completely lost in eternity in a place called hell. Everybody say forever. Forever, forever, and ever. And then there's this other story about a reaching man. Everybody say the reaching man. So there's a rich guy. He was full of culture and he dies, goes to hell. And then there's this reaching man. His name is actually called Peter. Jesus tells his disciples, he says, hey guys, go get in a boat, go to the other side. I'll meet you over there. In the middle of the night, Ben, the, a storm breaks out on the lake, and the waves start coming up over the front of the boat, and the boat starts to stink, sink. It was storming. There was waves. There was lightning. There was, there was high waves, high tide, and Jesus, I know it sounds crazy, but it's in your Bible, he starts walking out on the water to where they are. And his disciples, your, your Bible said now, freaked out. Now, if it was you and me, and we saw a guy walking on water in the middle of the night, we were in a storm, you and I would freak out too, right? So they freak out, Ben. They're like freaking out. They said, it's a ghost. And Jesus said, no, guys, it's me. And Peter, this guy, I don't know what he was thinking because I wouldn't have done it. I don't think I would have done it. He says, Lord, if it's you, ask me to come walk on the water. Jesus says, okay, Peter, come walk on the water. Peter gets out of the boat. And in, Luke, in Matthew chapter 14, verse 30 and 31 says this. When Peter saw the wind, he was afraid and he began to sink. And he started to cry out to Jesus, and he reached out to Jesus saying, Lord, save me. And immediately, Jesus reached out where he was and caught him. Here's what I know about people. Here's what I know about me. I was thinking in my life. I may not have been walking on water, but I was in a good place, I thought. 
And I got, I got addicted and I got bound and I was, I was addicted to pornography and, and, and I, had, I had grown up a home where there was a lot of drug addiction and abuse and, and I was molested sexually as a child and I, my sister, I watched her get beaten by a babysitter head to toe and the, the social services came in and were going to take us out of the home and put us into foster care. But my grandparents took us and raised us and I was so brokenhearted and busted and miserable. My dad committed suicide and he left his family and he was a drug addict and, and left us high and dry. And when I was 18, years old, I had this crazy encounter with Jesus and he completely changed my life. I was completely sinking. I was addicted to alcohol. I was coming home drunk every single night at 18 years old and I was broken my heart. I was broken my soul. I was literally sinking internally. I was suicidal. I put a gun in my mouth and pulled the trigger and it dead fired. That never happens. It dry fired. And, and here I am today all because of the goodness of God. I had a crazy God. I was sinking y'all. And in that middle of that sinking, I did, what, I did what Peter did. I was sinking down into depths of my soul, and I called out. I remember my grandma talking about a guy named Jesus. And in the midst of that pain and sinking, you know what I did? I cried out to Jesus, and Jesus heard my cry, and he reached right into my mess, y'all. I was a mess. I was perverted. I was broken in my soul. I was addicted to alcohol. I was smoking cigarettes, popping pills to get high, and Jesus walked into my room it changed me. And here's what's good about God. Here's the goodness of God. It doesn't matter how far you get in life. It doesn't matter who you sleep with, what you stick up your nose, what you smoke to get high, what you drink. The goodness of God goes way past all of that just to get a hold of you. And many of you in this room tonight, you're sinking. You may not even know it. There's three things that we have to have an understanding about tonight. Number one, we all have something in common. You say, not me, not me, man. You're a preacher. I don't even believe in God. Well, we still have something in common. Number one, we have a sin problem. Every person in this room has sin. Look at your neighbor and say, even you. Look back at him and say, I know me too. We have a sin problem. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. From the Pope to the President to your local pastor, to local church, to your principal, to your mom and dad, to you. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible tells us that there is not one person on this planet righteous. No, not one, except for one. His name is Jesus who came and died and rose again for you and me. Amen. So you say, well, pastor, sin is fun for a season. It can, it can be fun for a season. You say, preacher, you shouldn't say that. Well, the Bible tells us sin is fun for a season, for a season just for a season, but at the end of that season, it'll destroy your life. I have a nephew, he was 13 years old when he smoked his first joint. And by the time he was 16 years old, he was addicted to heroin. He just called me the other day, 30 years old, and he just got released from a drug rehab clinic where he has now 30 days sobriety. And here's what he told me, amen. Here's what he told me, he said, uncle, I wish I would have listened to you when I was a kid. I wish I wouldn't have jumped in with just the entry drug of marijuana because I would never had to go through this life. Sin is fun for a season, but the end of that season is no fun. Ask your friends who have genital uh, herpes or ask your friend who can't put the bottle down anymore. Ask your friend who has sex with woman after woman or man after man and their body count is through the roof and they even forgot who they slept with. Ask the woman at the abortion doctor after she's had her third abortion how she feels internally, how the depression overwhelms her, that she can taste it, she can feel it, that the self-guilt, that it was fun for a season. But in the end, it's bondage. Yeah. 
We all have something in common. You know, the funny thing about sin, I'm 45, 46 years old. I turn 47 next week. And here's what I learned about 47 years of living on this planet. Sin always promises you a rainbow, but can only deliver a lightning storm. Sin always tells you it's going to be good, and it never ends up that way. Sin always takes more than you were wanting to give and leaves you more bound than you ever thought could be possible. Why? Because sin is humanity's problem. Because sin is the problem, death is the outcome. The Bible said it's appointed unto man to die one time. You and I have an appointment with death. I told our youth ministry a couple weeks ago, I was in Dallas, Texas when I was 19 years old after I just got rocked by Jesus and he changed my life. I started going all over the country, walking into, into, into ghettos and into uh, crack uh, neighborhoods and into, into uh, bootleg neighborhoods where it's illegal to actually have alcohol so they make it illegally. That's in our country. And I, we would walk up in there and tell people about Jesus. And I, I met this little girl. She's about as big as Trinity. She was just a little short thing, and she was just so sweet. And she was about 13 years old. And I started telling her about Jesus. Here's what she told me. I want to be honest with you, preacher. I want to wait till I'm old and I'm grown, and then I'm going to give my life to Jesus. I want to smoke weed. I want to experience sex before I get married. I want to live for me, and then one day I'll live for Jesus. Two weeks from that day that we talked to her, she was hit by a car on her bicycle and immediately died. You're not promised tomorrow. Death is something we can all agree. You may not believe in God. You may not believe in Jesus, but there's no way you could tell me you don't believe one day you're going to die. Death is a for certain thing. You're going to die. Unless the Lord tarries, I'm going to die. We all have an appointment with death. This is the scary thing, though. Who you decide to serve in this life will depict where you spend a life in eternity. You see, you either serve in Jesus today or you're not. There's no in between. Jesus said you can't serve two masters. Either you are serving God or you're serving the God of the world. That's what Jesus said. You can't serve both. You can't have your heart in with Jesus one day and out with Jesus another day. Either he's in your life or he isn't at all. Next week, I'm going to be talking about eternity. I'm going to make it pretty plain for you, and I hope it brings some life to you. But death is for sure. But there's good news about the eternity, and his name is Jesus. Jesus Christ, our Lord, is the answer. And many of you in this room may not know what Jesus has done for you. But Jesus displayed how much he cares about you, young person, by what he went through on the cross. The Bible tells us they stripped Jesus from head to toe when a Roman soldier took turns beating him with rods and sticks. His flesh began to hang off of his body and his body ripping open and spilling forms, spill, spilling forms of bloody pools around his broken body. One soldier took a whip that was made with nails and glass and bone and Jesus began to hear the whirling of that whip in the air as it clung into his flesh and ripped his body into pieces. 39 times he suffered and encountered the whip called the cat of nine tails. Muscles were exposed. Tendons were glitching and twitching in horror. Blood was spraying from every portal of his body. The soldiers begin to spit upon Jesus. They begin to rip his beard from his face. His visions was so marred his mom couldn't recognize him. His head began to swell up as big as a basketball. In mockery, they took a purple robe and they begin to put it upon Jesus, spitting upon him, putting a crown of thorns three inches into his forehead as they begin to cry out, Hail, 
king of the Jews in mockery. They continued to beat him all down the streets of Jerusalem. His mom looked upon her son, didn't even know who he was. His flesh began to hang off of his body in bloody, broken ribbons, eyes swollen shut, ribcage exposed, body begins to collapse. He's literally drowning in his own blood. He lays upon the cross and the ringing of the hammer was heard as nails begin to part sinew and flesh and his nerves and arms and body begin to convulse under the pain and under the pressure. Blood is now streaming from every portal of his body. I want you to hear him tonight and see him as he gasps for air. I want you to see him as blood is literally filling the back of his throat. Hear him make seven pleas to his father, ending with his last. He began to say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. What he was literally saying was, in 2023, there will be kids living in sin that don't even know my name, don't even know your name, but I'm doing this for them. Please forgive them, Father. Let this price be enough to cleanse them of their pain cleanse them of their sin, free them from their anxiety, free them from the depression. A lot of people say, how much does God love me? He's already shown you. He's already proved it in his death. He's already poured his blood out enough. Every drop, every ounce of pain was for you and was for me. Why did he do this? He did it for one reason, because he loves you. A lot of people say, I can't come to God. I got to clean up too much. God's mad at me. He hates me. He's angry at me. When did you hear that God is angry at you? The cross is God's display of love. He loves us so much, cares about us so much. You say, but I've done too much, pastor. You don't know the hell I've been through in life. You don't know the sin I've been involved in. Yeah, us too. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but Jesus' blood can cleanse you. Jesus stood up one day and he said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. For God so loved the world. Sounds a whole lot better than God hates you, don't it? For God so loved the world. For God so loved a preacher, but he loved you just as much that he gave Jesus. He gave us Jesus because he loved you. And some of you young ladies in this room, you're looking for men to, to give you an identity. You say, well, if he would like me, then I'd feel complete. If she would like me, then I would feel complete. I'm confused. Culture tells me I can be anything I want to be outside of what God's designed me to be. And that's not what God says. God loves you. God cares about you. You don't have to perform for God. See, culture wants you to perform for them. You ain't got to perform for God. If you could just be an influencer, boy, then you would be somebody special. If you could just wear that set of clothing, then, then you might get his attention. And God is saying to you tonight, you've already got my attention. You've already got my attention. You've already got my attention. See, there's this war in the, in the, in the culture that says, you got to look this way. You, you got you to be this way. You got to act this way. I'll, I'll accept you if. I'll, I'll let you come in if. I was out on a street corner preaching with a bullhorn a couple weeks ago. I was preaching about the love of God and this person across the street starts flipping me off saying, blank you, mother blanker. And I thought in my heart, how can a message of love produce so much hate? Like, 
You want me to accept you, but you won't accept me. You want equality for you, but you don't want equality for me. I ain't hating on you right now, so don't be hating on me. I'm telling you, God loves you. Culture lies. Jesus tells the truth. So here's what we're going to do tonight. I want you all to stand up with me. Tonight, are you a person reaching for influence from the world? Are you, ba are you reaching up to Jesus like Peter? Because tonight there's either like the rich man in here or like Peter, reaching man in here. You're either reaching for the right stuff or you're reaching for the wrong stuff. And tonight, I want to I give you an opportunity to reach for the right stuff. Why? Because we all are guilty of sin, number one. Number two, death is on the way. You will face eternity somewhere, either heaven or hell. There's no in between. I know a lot of people say, well, I'll wait and let my family pay penance so I can get it out of purgatory. There's no such thing. That's man made up. That's not, that's not even in the, in the Bible. That's, that's in what's called the apocrypha. It's not, it's not even the Bible. And it was made so you could give more money to a specific church so they could build bigger buildings. They created that way after Jesus. Because Jesus said, once you're in eternity, you're in eternity. I, we talked about the rich man. He told the rich man, I can't even get you out of there even though you want me to. Because once is forever, it's forever. He said, well, preacher, you telling me this is real? Yes, it's real, man. Jesus changed my life. Jesus changed my wife's life. Jesus changed Nico's life. Jesus changed Keegan's life. Jesus changed Matthew's life. Deron's life, and he can change your life. But you got to respond. Everybody say, respond. How do I respond? Number one, you have to repent. What is repentance? Repentance is walking away from your life and saying, I'm going to follow Jesus. It's not joining a church, although you should join a church. It's not joining a religion. It's following Jesus. It's, it's accepting him as your Lord and as your Savior and following Jesus. Number two, you got to accept Christ into your life. Say, Jesus, whatever you want from me, your standard will become my standard. Your way will become my way. Your will will become my will. If you say it's wrong in Scripture, I have to agree with that because i got to accept what you have to say because you, have, you accept the Bible as your worldview. And then number three, got to confess Jesus. Romans tells us, that if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Jesus even said, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father. If you deny me before men, I'll deny you before my Father. So what are you going to do tonight? Are you going to accept Christ? Are you going to be like the rich young ruler and accept culture? You going to play with the slot machine of your life and fail? Are you going to follow Jesus? You say, well, preach, that takes too much work. I got to be perfect. No, you don't. Ain't no perfect people in here. If you're perfect, please let us know how you've attained such goodness. Because ain't nobody in this room perfect. Not your parents, not me, not your neighbor, not your teachers. Just kidding. Uh, not Ben, not Matthew. My wife's pretty close. But Jesus. Some of you in this room tonight, you're so mad at God. You're so angry at God for what you've gone through in life. You're so full of self-guilt and full of self-shame for the life that you've lived. But tonight, you can be free from all that because Jesus sees you. He cares about you. He had us hold this whole service just for you because he sees you, he loves you, and he cares about you. I want everybody for just a moment, I want you just to close your eyes and, and let's respect each other.
respect each other for just a moment. I want everybody in the room, just close your eyes. Don't, don't be looking around, just close your eyes. Some of you in this room need to self-examine your heart. Where are you with Jesus? What if you stood before God right now? Would he say, oh, I know you, you followed me. Or would he say, I don't know you because you never followed me. Only you can make that call. Are you playing with the slot machine of culture? Are you following Jesus? If you're here today, you say, Pastor, I've been playing the slot machine of culture. I want to I wanna follow after Jesus and attain something real in my life. I want you to look up here at me and say, that's me, Pastor. Just raise your hand real quick. Just wait at me. That's me. That's me. I, wanna, I, wanna, I want this Jesus. It's okay. Hey, we've, all, we've all made this before. Okay, now here, I'm asking you to do something else because we want to pray with you. You said, Pastor, this is going to take a lot of guts from me. I know it's going to take a lot of guts from you, but I want you to come meet these four down here at this altar. If you raise your hand and say, Pastor, that's me. We're going to pray with you. Come on, don't be, don't be bashful or afraid. I want you to come right now and move. There's a majority of you kids raise your hand, and we're going to believe God to touch you tonight in this room. Just, just come on. If that's you, say, Pastor, I, that's me. I want to serve God. I don't want to serve culture. I, I, I want to serve Jesus. I want my life to, to be patterned and to follow him. I want you to come on with me because a lot of kids raise their hand. They down here, and that's all right. But, but we want to pray with you. This is part of your confession. If you confess me before men, that's what the Bible says. I'll confess you. You say, we're trying to pressure me. Get out of here. The world's trying to pressure you every time you look around the corner. Yeah. Pressuring you to do that. Pressuring you to do this. Pressuring, I'm pressuring you to get into heaven. Well, then come on. I'm going to still pressure you. Don't put pressure on me, preacher. Everything else puts pressure on you. Look at your neighbor and say, hey, neighbor. I'll go to the altar with you. Tell them, say, I'll go with you. So you don't have to go by yourself. You want to go? Come on, I'll go with you. Come on, come, I see you right there. See, look, look, that's all it takes sometimes. And then tell him, yeah, come on, let's go. Okay. Okay. Come on, come on. Hey, there's still some more coming. Put your hands together. This, come on, young lady. That's what I'm talking about. Okay. Here's what we're going to do. We're, we're going to pray here in just a moment. And you, you're going you're gonna to pray after me. And then um, uh, Miss Kristen and, and the team that's down here, they're gonna, they're gonna get some information from you because we wanna follow up with you and give you some material that's gonna help you grow in your faith in Christ. One of the best things you can do when you give your life to Jesus is to get involved and plugged into a church because that, that's, how you, that's how you can spiritually grow, will help you in your growth process uh, between you and the Lord, okay? So everybody down here, I want y'all to do something real quickly. I want y'all to just kind of grab arms, lock arms real quickly and uh, put your arms, yeah, like that. Come on, lock arms with somebody. We don't like to be alone around here. And uh, we're we gonna, we're gonna. Hey guys, hey, can you come stand with Keegan just so he's not by himself? Okay, let's all say this together in the room. Say, Heavenly Father, I come before you in Jesus' name. And I thank you today for your saving grace. Right now, I want to let you know that I accept the message of the gospel. That you came, you died, you rose forevermore to give me life. So Jesus, I pray right now you would forgive me of all my sin and that you would cleanse me of all my filth and that you would wash me new on my insides. In the name of Jesus, amen.